Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. just getting started, winding down, or you're right in the middle of it. But here we are. It's nice to see you again. Here, got my, today my cup of French roast is piping hot, just how I like it. It's just I didn't pour it on purpose until moments before I hit the mic because I just wanted it to be scalding hot because I'm because I'm alcoholic and that's just how I think. Just kidding. Hope you have a beverage with you, a libation, if you will. Very grateful. I have no desire to drink today. I lived with the desire to drink for a long time, so. And I'm aware of the nature of alcoholism as described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and my own experience, so I know it could return if I mess around with um, my spiritual condition, if I don't take that seriously, if I stop trying to enlarge my spiritual life. It could return. So I have to start by saying I'm so grateful for that. I really am. Um, hope you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. I had a great weekend, actually. Um, doing another one of those workshops, and it's exciting. Today, I thought we'd just jump right into it and get into today's topic, which will be some more of the traditions via the traditions checklist. A couple of episodes ago, we went over the questions on tradition one on the traditions checklist. And um, I thought today we'd go over some more of them and see... Um, what that felt like. What do you think about that? Let's do it. I told you in that show that I had a traditions meeting when I was 
pretty new. My sponsor encouraged it so I could learn about them. We would get together and just we'd read one tradition a week out of the 12 and 12. 12 and 12, um, the book, The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And it tells a pretty brief story about um, how each tradition came to be. It's great. And because um, when I was new, I just thought, you know, somebody came up with some stuff and there were rules and there were laws and AA was just like any organization, really. Somebody was at the top and everybody else was at the bottom and it's really organized out of experience in, in the 12 and 12, they say out of the anvils of experience, which I love because they just tried everything else. They just messed it up. They did it wrong. They had to learn as they went how to operate Alcoholics Anonymous, how this should function for a long time. Co-founder Bill Wilson just fielded letters from people all over in meetings. What are we going to do about this situation? What are we going to do about that? What would you suggest we do here? And they tried a bunch of different stuff and it didn't work. And they ended up with a way of organizing all of it to where the group is on top. It's kind of upside down compared to most organizations. All organizations, as far as I, as far as I know, the group is at the top. The group runs it. It's kind of beautiful, but they came up with that um, by doing it all wrong. They learned. So, and then I always thought that, you know, when you look when you're new and you look at the steps. When I was new, I looked at the steps. It looked like enough. I didn't want to look over at the traditions because that just looked, please, what else do I have to do? What else am I looking at here? What is this? And I was just grateful that I could tell myself that just applied to the group and didn't really apply to me. Well, it does apply to me big time. And um. So last time we went over the traditions checklist, over the, over the questions associated with tradition one. And today I thought we would go over, we'd start by going over tradition two, see how much we go through today. You can get the traditions checklist online. There's pamphlets available also at central office usually. And, um, I've noticed as I was skimming through it that they've updated this because Facebook is on here now. And um, so they've revised it a little bit. The traditions checklist, these questions were originally published in Grapevine in conjunction with a series of articles in the 12 traditions that ran from November 1969 to September 1971. While they were originally intended as suggestions for individual use, many AA groups have since adopted them and used them as a basis for wider discussion. All right. Let's start today with Tradition 2. The traditions are great because basically they're just like a... It's not about you algebra. 
It's like a strainer for your pride and ego. This is not about you. I remember my sponsor said one time, um, you know, if AA could talk, it would say, we'd do just fine without you, but as long as you're here, we could use your help. And the best way I ever heard the traditions described um, symbolically, metaphorically, was a man said one time, the traditions are like this. We're all sitting in a boat. You can take an axe to the boat. Nobody will stop you. But please don't. Please don't take an axe to the boat we're all sitting in. Please. I loved that. That was good imagery for me. Okay. Tradition two. For our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority. You. Just kidding. For our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. No one is governing AA. Trusted servants serving the group. Ready for this? Ready for the questions? See how you do. Number one, do I criticize or do I trust and support my group officers, AA committees, and office workers? Newcomers? Old timers? Or do I go around like I'm the authority? Do I criticize them? They're not doing this right. More on some of that later on. Two, am I absolutely trustworthy even in secret with my 12-step jobs or other AA responsibilities? The first commitment I had, I was a literature person and I think I borrowed some of the money that I had from the literature. I gave it back, but absolutely trustworthy, even in secret, I was not. Three, do I look for credit in my AA jobs? Praise for my AA ideas. Four, do I often feel the need to save face in group discussions, or can I yield in good spirit to the group conscious and work along with it? Five, although I have been sober a few years, Am I still willing to serve my turn with AA chores? Ten years ago, I was really going through one of the hardest times of my whole life. and I was raising my hand to volunteer to clean up after every single meeting. and 
Somebody with more time pulled me aside and said, knock it off. Really give that to let a newcomer have that experience. It's interesting food for thought. We'll get to that one. I think later on in here. Six, do I complain about the decisions that my group makes, even though I do not attend the business meetings where these decisions are made? <laughs> I have been guilty of that in the not so distant past. Yeah. A lot of reminders. So that's the questions for tradition two. It's not you who's running this place. For a group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in the group conscience. The group conscience. Let's go to the next one. What do you say? Let's go to tradition three. Tradition three, I can tell you in advance, is um, it's kind of astonishing to me when, when I think about it, how beautiful tradition three is. I mean, they're all beautiful, but this tradition in particular strikes me as so beautiful because this tradition to me is the reason why AA is so beautiful and ugly at the same time. Ultimately, it's why it's so gorgeous because anyone can call themselves an AA member as soon as they want to. Nobody can throw you out of Alcoholics Anonymous. You're a member if you want to be. It's kind of incredible. Tradition three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. It's the only requirement. There's not a cover charge. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to share a certain way. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to know what you're talking about. You don't have to... The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Ready for these? Question one. In my mind, do I prejudge some new AA members as those who likely will not make it? I can tell you the original tradition checklist said, do I think some, some newcomers are losers? But they took that out. Do I prejudge some new AA members as those who likely will not make it? Two, is there some kind of alcoholic whom I privately or publicly do not want in my AA group? Hearing this? Two, do I set myself up as a judge of whether a newcomer is sincere or not? Hmm. 
Four, do I let language, religion, or lack of it, race, education, age, sexual identity, or other such things interfere with my carrying the message? Five, am I over-impressed by a celebrity, a doctor, a clergyman, an ex-convict? Or can I just treat this new member simply and naturally as one more sick human like the rest of us? I told you that story, I think, last time. Where I was over-impressed by a celebrity. There was a celebrity going to speak at an AA meeting, and I was so excited. My sponsor really shot that down. I said, don't you ever put anybody in Alcoholics Anonymous on a pedestal. Ever. And I remembered that. Uh, huh. It wasn't that long ago. I was sitting in a meeting a couple years ago, a few years ago. And one of my heroes, one of my, just a celebrity that I just love, walked in. And I wanted to talk to this person so bad. But the only reason I would have talked to this person is because they were a celebrity. If they were not a celebrity, I was not going to go to that end of the room. I had no plans on going over there. So I could see that my motives were selfish. So I didn't. I didn't even say hello. I tried so hard to justify getting over there and... You know, I'm just going to carry the message and I was trying to lie to myself and I just couldn't do it. It was like, no, you would not. You were not planning on doing that. So just sit tight. So I didn't. Six, when someone turns up at AA needing information or help, even if you can't ask for it aloud, does it really matter to me what they do for a living? where they live, what their domestic arrangements are, whether they have been to AA before, what their other problems are. And that's it. I mean, can you imagine if there was a requirement other than a desire to stop drinking? Well, there's not. And for all intents and purposes, somebody doesn't even have to tell you. I know there's hardcore AA members, in quote, who are like, no, the original said, honest desire to stop drinking, and if you're not honest, get out of here, and blah, blah, blah. There's plenty of people like that in AA. But when it really comes down to it, 12 and 12 makes it very clear. You're an AA member the minute you declare yourself one. And nobody can throw you out. That's astonishingly compassionate.
So. What other organization welcomes people who hate and bash it endlessly? So many people hate and bash Alcoholics Anonymous endlessly. And Alcoholics Anonymous is like, okay, there's no fight here. You're picking on AA, you're punching a blindfolded child from behind. I know it sounds harsh, but it's really what it's like. Because it just doesn't have a fight. It's not going to. It doesn't want to. Hey, this is what worked for us. And that's it. And I understand there's people in Alcoholics Anonymous who don't make it attractive to people. What can we do except try and make it attractive as best we can ourselves? So that's it. I'm out of here. I don't have time for this. I want to give a shout out to my friends at uh, Happy Joyous and Three, Black Rhinos, podcast greater than yourself, um, anonymous podcast, which has been around for a year now, which helped me tremendously in the beginning when I was first starting in terms of spreading the message about what I was doing. Forever grateful for that. Sober Gratitudes podcast. Friend of ours runs that one. And um, yeah, today I'll say hi to our friend Ruchi, who was on the show before. And uh continuing to have a uh, jaw-dropping spiritual experience right before our eyes. It's really beautiful. Anyways, that's it. I hope uh, your day is decided by you to be spectacular. I'm going to have an awesome day today. I'm going to go try to live in the third step today, see what I can contribute to the experience of others, my wife, the people around me, people I interact with, see if I can uh, stay in the mindset as best I can today. Um, what can I do to help? What can I do to not operate out of fear today, but instead operate out of love? So, I will say everything is okay. Okay. Everything is okay. And on that note, I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope 